What up? Oh man, I miss you guys. I miss you too. Oh. <laughs> is it time to podcast? Hello, internet world. This is Christopher Casby here with Daniel Sale and Christopher Burroughs. Coming at you from Richmond, Virginia, with another episode of Scrubland Podcast. We made it. We we're on episode like twenty. We made it to episode twenty. Oh like, damn! Twenty episodes, and we have like four good ones. Uh, <laughs> well, one of them got nominated for a uh, uh, Casty. Yeah, <laughs> Casty. I, I wonder who nominated that. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so yeah, uh, we we have a little bit to talk about today. Um, I guess uh, speaking of Cassie, uh, Man is Screwed uh, podcast, um, also at manascrewed.com, is taking upon them to uh, has taken upon themselves to do a I guess Casties is that where we're I don't know I like that that's dude. what we're goofing around sure with we're gonna call it that bat. why not uh, they're basically <laughs> podcast awards for I mean it's it's other things too it's it's just magic awards I guess but a lot of them have to do with podcasts on the MTG Cast Network um, so yeah um, some good stuff on there uh, a lot of it seems to revolve around Mana Screwed and Yo MTG Taps and the A Team. Uh, there's a blurb of us in there. So um, I it's like, really good. I I I voted for the A team. I really like that show. I like, feel like yeah. we're kind of like the fat kids. Fuck you. Wow. Where like everybody else is. Those of you is, who don't know, Casby's a chubby motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sorry, Chris Casby, but I mean everybody else is skyping each other and and chilling, doing guest spots, and we're like. I don't know. Out of the loop. We're just like doing our own thing over here. I don't know. Like, like nobody wants to talk to us. Uh, no, it's cool. Like, I wouldn't want to talk to me either. I mean, I was like, "Hey, Jerry T, come talk to us." At the invitation, he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And then I'll be, I'll be around a minute. He sold me cigarettes. He sold you <laughs> cigarettes. Well, I went outside to go. Like, I thought I had a cigarette left in my pack, and I did not. So I went out there, and he was out there smoking. I was like, "Uh, can I buy some cigarettes off you?" And he's like, he looked at me funny. He's like, "Yeah." <laughs> why not wait what, uh, what was the rate what was the rate was it uh, I told him I'd give him a dollar for two and he gave me three. Oh, he's just and then he went back to his conversation and I tapped him on the shoulder again and I was like I need your lighter too brother <laughs> wow <laughs> Jesus <laughs> you Jew dirty no wonder he didn't come talk to you on the podcast <laughs> fuck him whatever he got his ten grand, whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Just because you win the tournament, nah. He mentioned that in his tournament report. <laughs> look, look, we got Alex Burton seem to come talk to us in, in classic Scrubland fashion. We're only second placers. That's it. That's like, it. It's, it's all about second place. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, the first losers come talk to us. Guillaume Wapatapa. Oh, yeah. Guillaume Wapatapa. Welcome back to the Pro Tour, by the way. Uh, oh, I, yeah. We, we were misinformed. I was, at least. I thought that he was back to level four. Apparently, he fell off the train. Like, yeah. Control got so bad that Wapatapa fell off the train. You heard this. To, he had to go PTQ. Yeah, you heard this, right? He's. They were like, oh, wow, you, you didn't do so well. I think it was BDM talking to him, right? And he, and he says, oh, no, there's no problem. There's a PTQ next week. And he goes, and he crushes it. <laughs> <laughs> and like literally that's how it happened. He was like, I'm kind of the man. I so. guess okay, so Guillaume Matignon was already was already qualified and went and go played the PTQ, the same one, to try to like help to help Guillaume out to try to scoop him in. Yeah. And played all the way up to the semifinals. Uh it like top aided as well, was on the other side of the bracket. And uh yeah. 
Nice. I mean, scooped him into the finals. Like, yeah, like he's, he got him in the finals. Those fucking shifty finals. French motherfuckers. <laughs> I mean, that's France. Some on kid, violence. some kid got screwed out of his hopes and dreams because those fucking frogs wanted to fucking suck each other off in <laughs> fucking wherever the fuck they were. Damn, like, God, guys. Damn. damn. Wow. Okay, so I'm I don't not, know if I would have gone okay, there. I don't want to point you crazy fingers or anything, but did you guys notice that, um, dude, uh, in in one of the games, fate sealed the guy. Uh, the put a grave titan on the bottom of the deck. The guy used a shuffle effect oh, and then, and then reshuffle, reshuffled grave titan to the top. Uh, there's there was some shenanigans regarding yeah. whether or not it was sufficient randomization and whether or not it was. Uh, I think they they kind of concluded that they felt that it wasn't done on purpose, but it seemed very coincidental that. Right. that I happened. mean, it it how many it that. that Deck ran three copies of Grave Titan, right? Right. So it's not necessarily the same one. Right. I mean, the odds are there. This is why you should play marked cards, so we can tell if you're cheating. So <laughs> <laughs> well, you should always just shuffle your opponent's deck for them. Agreed. Okay, so I literally have started pile shuffling my opponent's deck at the beginning of every every game of Magic I play in Cardboard now. <laughs> uh, like I, I really will. Like as soon as yeah. they, as soon as they present, and if if you are if you're not taking forever. A lot of people, like, some people get put off by it, like, that I'm not trusting you, but sometimes it's relevant card information, especially in Limited, where I need to know if you're playing more than 40 cards. Right. If you happen to be not presenting me 40 cards, I'm just going to get a game win. Right. And I'll be honest, I've been doing this for, since Nashville, so I guess for, like, two months now I've been doing this. I mean, it's... And, no, I'm going to say I haven't caught anybody yet. I haven't caught a single person, I haven't gotten anybody a game loss for presenting me a smaller deck than they should have. That's good. But I guarantee it's going to happen at some point. Yeah. And, I mean, that's just a free win that I'm leaving on the table if I don't do it. Honestly, it's not about the fact that it's a free win. You're just making sure your opponent isn't doing something shifty. It's, it's, not, it's not about trying to catch someone. It's really about just making sure you're playing the game the same way your opponent is. Well, but... In a lot of people will complain on on Magic Online about not getting shuffled right or like the the Moto Shuffler screwing me over. But Whatever you know what? That. In in cardboard Magic, a lot of people are not shuffling well enough. They're not. I mean, it's it's your responsibility to watch them. If they're not, if they don't do it well enough, do it for them. Okay, round one of the PTQ in Rono, the dude looked at his seven cards and said, "Okay, Mulligan." Took his seven, like kind of like randomly shoved him back into his into his thing. Pile shuffled on the table into piles of six. Uh, Picked them all back up, put them together, handed me the deck. That's not and, good. And I like, I was like, wow, I haven't started playing Magic yet, but I'm calling a judge right now. And uh, he didn't get a game loss. He got a warning. Yeah. But I think if it had been later in the tournament, he probably would have just gotten a game loss there. It's it depends on your head judge. And you know, and it's uh, that's a that's a good topic for another time. Is uh, the uh, how to put your opponents on tilt. <laughs> I wasn't necessarily trying to tilt him, but that's just the tournament mechanics. I mean, it's true. I mean, when you get when uh, yeah, I mean, once you start competing at a higher level and you do it consistently, you need to start taking into account a lot of things. Uh, Gavin Verhe, I don't even know how to say his name. Verhe, Verhe. Uh, he wrote a pretty good article at Star City this week, uh, talking about how to, I guess, game at that level. Right. And uh, he wrote a, a little segment of his article was about. Uh, knowing how to use the judge properly. Right. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a part of, if, if you want to start competing at the higher levels and as you inch your way up, it's a matter of knowing all the ins and outs. Like, for you to be, like, a good player, you should be, like, a level one judge. 
Like, <laughs> you should you should have that level of knowledge at the very least. It's, yeah, it's why, I, it's why I talk to judges all the time. Like, I I regularly go up to judges before a tournament and ask them about any some some kind of bizarre interaction before this ne- before this last tournament. I'll just throw this one out there. It might it might be obvious to some people, but on the car ride up, we were trying to figure out. Um, and I'm going to use some cards that that people might not understand, but uh, we we're talking about the the astral slide mirror and how you use gilded light to protect yourself from brainstorm or uh, brain freeze. Brain freeze, yeah. Um, and so gilded light says you have shroud, mm-hmm. and uh, brain freeze says mill the top three cards storm. Right. So the brainstorm is supposed to mill your entire opponent out. You get shroud, and then your opponent has to mill themselves out mm-hmm. because all these copies have to go somewhere. Right. So we were trying to figure out what happens if in response to the if we're in response to the storm trigger, you gilded light. And then they gilded light. If it locks the game, <laughs> if it locks the game and it's some kind of like triple, um, it doesn't triple lock the game. Fizzles. Every single yeah. one of the copies fizzles. Yeah, and that that's what we ended up figuring out. But I, I, I mean, it was just I don't know. Could this happen? Can I just lock the game out right now and just like randomly get a draw? <laughs> like, uh, it didn't work. No, but I don't know. How I, about you just counterspell it? Uh, <laughs> I'll use that mana to mana tie. There's more, more, rec- more recently. Uh, I guess this was towards the beginning of the year when uh, the Rise of the Eldrazi came out. Uh, Gideon Jura had a bug in Magic Online mm-hmm. where if you activate his plus two ability, it says all creatures have to attack Gideon next turn, and then on my turn, I Maelstrom Pulse Gideon or anything that destroys it. Right. Uh, they ma- still have to try and attack Gideon. Magic Online was bugged so that you still had to try to attack Gideon, except he didn't exist, so you couldn't attack at all. <laughs> and yep. so it was just like the best fog ever. For, and of so, all time. Right. And so... How many people won PTQs uh, well, online with that guy? <laughs> I, right, well, and, I mean, it didn't exist for very long, but I had to go to a judge before a paper tournament started. I'm like, hey... Is Moto bugged or like I'm pretty sure I have the rules right here, right? But I need to make sure because I don't want to get into a situation where, uh, you know, I I I mailed yeah, was... I, I mailed from pulse at the wrong time. There was all that weird stuff, especially in Eldrazi, where it was like, okay, if I attack with an Annihilator and, and you, sac and you Gideon. sacrifice Gideon, where does the attack go? Yeah. And stuff like that. So, um, And then we tried to figure out if it had trample somehow, would it still trample over the player or something? No, nothing happens. Yeah. Um... So, Gideon's pretty good. Gideon's nuts. Gideon's so good. Gideon's so good. We love white planeswalkers over here. I love white planeswalkers that live through day. Like they're just six six creatures that don't get day to way. I mean, he's sick. he's pretty much just a manland. Like he's the most manlandish planeswalker. Yeah, he's a manland that activates for zero. Yeah, <laughs> he's pretty good. And makes your creatures attack something other than you. He's also the biggest. Uh, manland oh wait of a minute, time. he's not a manland at all. <laughs> He's well, just, you're saying he's just the man? He's he's the man. <laughs> you want to know what my favorite interaction with Gideon ever is? Sunblast Angel, yay! <laughs> no, It's a pretty good one. It's the only interaction of its kind in the entire game. If Gideon attacks and then you play a Johnny Vengeance and keep it tapped, <laughs> it works. It just, it, uh, it's just a Planeswalker keeping another Planeswalker that was also a creature tapped. I don't know, it just, you can still activate him. You can still activate him, but just not as a creature. I mean, like, a, oh, you guess you could make him a creature, but yeah. he's not attacking you anymore. It's basically <laughs> negate one of your planeswalker abilities. Suck it. <laughs> it was really weird. I don't know. I, 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 maybe that's not as 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 awesome as I like. But I to guess me, Frost Titan would work the same way, right? Uh, I would, yeah. but no. But planeswalker on planeswalker is where I was going with that. Oh, okay. I mean, you could icy manipulator it and be like, huh. Like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, anyways, uh, stuff we want to talk about today. Um, we wanted to... Oh, was that all the intro? 
Jeez. Uh, I mean, Man, I we're really good at intros. Yeah. Are we? <laughs> um, no, no, we, we touched about on, on some of the things that we wanted to talk about. Um, I guess we kind of wanted to talk about I, what I wanted to talk about was some extended metagame teching and oh, yeah. what what we think is good. Do you want to just have a brainstorm session on the cast? I mean, Let's do I, it. I basically what I feel like is land destruction is really good and life gain is really good. There is no, you know, it's strangely enough, there is no mono red deck that I saw anywhere in the extended because it's fucking right garbage. It's. Like, <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people showed up at Worlds with mo like red deck wins. Well, yeah. and it, I'm sure none of them made top. Eight. Okay, so in, Incinerate <laughs> rotated, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's okay. I mean, they gave us both. Yeah. Right. I'm, like, I mean, <laughs> exactly. I'm just trying to figure out, like, is there a critical mass of burn spells where, like, it. Well, because yeah, because last extended season there was a mono red burn deck right, where literally just, you had like no creatures, just, just all like, burn spells, wreck yeah. your face. Hellspark Elemental was your most creaturey guy. Yeah, wasn't it running Spark Elemental? Uh, Why isn't Spark Elemental legal? No, yeah, yeah, they never played that. Not really. That's good. Not, true. not good enough. Not I an saw. extended. They never played Spark Elemental in the extended that I saw. Okay, yeah. call, but <laughs> call. <laughs> all right, somebody we'll look did. Later. Somebody did. All right, doesn't matter. Uh, I think like mono red's just not really good enough. I do think that. That land destruction is really good right now. So, what, where where I was trying to go? Well, land destruction it it's it feels like it's a dog to decks like white like white weenie and like linear decks that just don't rely on. Is it really? So what you have to do? I mean, what are you going to destroy against them? Like Mutavault, maybe I guess. Like, go ahead. If you want to play a strategy like this, you just have to read your metagame and understand that you will be dead to some decks. It when a format is this big, when there are so many viable decks. You can't have a good matchup against everything. If there was something that had a good matchup against everything, next week it won't because people will bring a different deck that beats that. Extended is, is the most open of all the formats right now you because just, it's a brand new format with a brand new... Uh, well, it's not a brand new set of cards, but it's a brand new focus uh, on the cards that have been in the game. Like, really, this actually brings up something that I was pretty interested in is why were there no... Revelark-centric decks at Worlds. They're going to pop up now. They're right. Uh, they're slow. So, well, they're, they're a little slow, slow but if, if, the, the if we play Fulminator Mages and Acidic Slimes with uh, Revelarks like Conley was trying to do, uh, why is that not a deck by itself? Why did you need the necro Necrotic Ooze combo? Because you needed to have interactions with the faster decks. Like, yeah, obviously Land Destruction is going to screw over, like, Five color control and weird Crixis control variants. Isn't that, like that what Revelark is all about? You just one for one them until you you blow them out with card advantage in the end. But you can't you one for to... you can't one for one fast enough with the fast decks when they're dropping like three three creatures on turn one two three and four. Like you're just getting face fucked while like you're sitting there trying to scramble to like what deck resolve does that? a Revelark. What deck does that? If you're if what you're what digging deck around... does that? White weenie like Treehouse like Treehouse isn't even a real deck and it does that. Mm. Like Jund like they're all just like. The, John, really well, John starts on turn two, two so two. you will. Rebel Arc has issues with Judd. It really does. It's just okay. too good and too efficient. I believe right. it. I mean, I mean, this is why I asked the question. Rebel Arc doesn't have a card that's anywhere close to the power level of Blood Rail. I mean, if you're sitting around, if you're dicking around, New tech, evoking, just play Naya and play with Blood Rail. <laughs> <laughs> if you're dicking around, evoking Muldrifters, yeah. and they're just casting Sprouting Threat Axe or Blood Rail. You're, you are so far behind. Revelark is never in the game to begin with. I'm not talking Revelark like Revelark was. I'm saying, when, I'm the way Revelark was, was... I'm uh, saying any variant of Revelark has a very difficult time. And yeah. that's why I think that 
that when when Conley was building the ooze deck, they they stretched to find something else they can do. And Rebel Arc was sort of the afterthought, like, okay, well, this this happens to be a pretty decent value guy that we could Fauna Shaman for. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Fauna Shaman and Rebel Arc is, is, is something we haven't seen before. That's a new deck. Yeah. So, uh, it's, it's the same thing with, like, Mimic Vat. Like, Mimic Vat looks really good for Extended because there's all these cool things you can do with it. It's too slow. You get run over by Johnny. Hang on. Do we legitimately just make something up? We got... We, you just said, we want Bloodbraid Elf. We want Rebel Arc. <laughs> I mean, and we have Fauna Shaman. I think I'm, I'm flipping out right now. We're playing Naya bad. You can Naya <laughs> awesome. I mean, there's the really good Naya. Naya deck, and then we play the really bad one. Yeah, no, we love our Blood Rails. You don't necessarily have to build it bad. I mean, like, I'm, just, I, I'm, su- I'm sure that there is a build of Naya that's perfectly fine. No, there's there's Naya decks that are doing really well right now. It's just basically a tweak on the old Vengeance Line Naya from right. uh, just before season. rotation. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, they... There's a lot of goofy interactions. I like. I, I think there's enough cool evoke creatures with cheap casting uh, costing, casting costs. casting costs that like. I feel like Mimic Fact could be good. Like you just play with a bunch of street models. Again, if you're trying to do that, like like if you're trying if you're some kind of Mimic Bat deck, you're some kind of control deck. And as you start going down this road, and you start to try to deck build. You're gonna find that the best control decks are playing reflecting pools and having access to everything well, and now, you just you just well, run out of room to do this stuff that's something i've noticed about the five color deck is that uh there's there was like a very short core and then like so many one-ups just to play with like that deck can so it, it used to be able like okay i tooled around with uh, my fair share of five color control decks when it was in standard but when i'm talking about Five color control now, the kind of tools that you have available to you, like, are just insane. Like, the, you could legitimately, if you know your metagame well enough, you could just make a deck that just beats what is played around you. You couldn't, five color control was unique in the past couple of years in that it was one of the only decks that you could never pull offline. You could never just, like, there's a couple of decks that you're like, hey, this probably beats my metagame. Pull it offline, play at 75 straight up maybe 73 to their 75 five color control you can legitimately just play the answers that beat your format like you can play an extra couple copies of fallout if you expect a lot of weenie and uh fairies you can play an extra couple copies of i don't know whatever your finisher is of of choice now i still think one four inches is the best but i mean there's there's so many options that you have available to you I think it's really cool. Like, it, it, there, it's it's the same argument that I had about uh, Turbo Land a couple episodes back. Is that uh, Turbo Land was built specifically to beat uh, the decks in Seattle, and when they tried to bring it over here to Richmond, <laughs> oh sorry, Roanoke, uh, it just failed miserably all day. Well, Turbo Land was kind of an answer, like one of the numerous answers that people tried to brew against Jund. And well, no, it's. Not completely true, because... Well, I mean, it did well against Jun, and it did well against Blue-Eyed Control Variants. Um, yeah. And, you know, that being said, it's it was one of those decks that, like, it's easily disruptible, and once people once it's on people's radars, it's like one of those flash-in-the-pan decks that it's just like... It was like, you know, mono... Like, what was that? Eldra- Eldrazi Elves back yeah. in the day. Like, it was, it was huge that one, you know, like, one month, like, after it first came out, and everyone played it, 
And then everyone played it, and they were like, oh, everyone's expecting it now, and it's fucking garbage. Right. You know, it's like, okay, it's cool when nobody can see it, nobody knows how to attack against it, nobody knows how to board against it. You know, you give it a month, you know, you know, in, in the circuit, and it's just people see it, and they, it's like it, when it's an easily disruptable strategy like that, it's just like, oh, there's, you know, it's just a, a dog to their sideboard. That's one of the reasons that I liked that uh, the artifact uh, creature deck, uh, the new affinity, etc. Because in a format that is this open, and we're not just talking like regular open, this is like the most wide the fuck open format I have ever seen, and it's got it's got so many archetypes that have just been already compounded. Like you could just literally, I bet you could archive and just look up a deck from a year and a half ago and be like, hey. This might be good enough. Let's tool with this. Like, there's so many of those. Yeah, I mean, it's it's basically super standard. It is. So, you know, any any deck that was doing reasonably well standard, like, a year and a half ago, like, probably has a decent shot of doing okay and extended. Right. And it's piloted well. That's what I'm saying. Right now, now's the time to be <laughs> proactive. I mean, there's you have to know what beats you. And that's why I think that the Thought Seasons and, that, and the Tide Hall of Scholars and, and, that, and that deck are just amazing. But... That's why I like the discard in that deck so much, is because I really feel like it's a really super proactive strategy that picks its turns. You're like, all right, make sure that they don't have what could blow me out in the next couple turns. Play a bunch of dudes, beat ass. Like, well, it's really cool because it plays like eight like thought seize effects, right? Um, and one of the thought seize effects that they play is Tide Hollow Scholar, which is a threat. Which also, also beats. Yeah. yeah. So it's, I mean, it, it's, it's a really good deck. Um, I'll tell you that guys, being said, I think once people, now that, now that some people's radar, it's just, absolutely I'll tell you, I'll tell you guys right now in the last week of Moto, since I said this deck doesn't have a, a, a leg to stand on in this format, it was real hot for about three days. It's not so hot anymore. Nobody's winning with it. If you go look at the results, people figured out how to beat it. I believe there you are, are, there are literally every single deck has options to beat the stupid Steel Artifact Affinity deck. Yeah. So you can probably still steal games with that deck. You're not going to take down tournaments anymore. Yeah, obviously. I mean, it's no, gonna you're going to steal... You can steal tournaments with that deck. Well, see, the thing is, like, it, it, it was an archetype that just... Pretty much going into Worlds, everyone was just kind of playing standard part two. Mm-hmm. Like, they were just playing... Like, like I said, just revisions of their old standard decks. That one wasn't a standard deck. Like, it, it is literally just a deck that you can play and extend it. Like, it's not good enough. It wasn't... Artifacts wasn't good enough, like, a year and a half ago. It's not good enough now. Yeah. Uh, put all the sets together. It's like, oh, okay, now we've got enough good artifact creatures to play this deck. Yeah, it's it's born of the new format, which right. is awesome. Um, but that uh, said, I, it, like I said, I think it's garbage. Like like D-Cell said, it's just... It's not good enough. That's fine. Okay. Wait, a, is that right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, there's not really much else to say about it. Let's talk about some of the really awesome... Let's talk about Christmas. <laughs> let's talk about Christmas. Let's talk about Christmas. And let's talk about all the really friggin' awesome stuff that's going on in the holiday season. First off, I want to say props to Tom Garden. Uh, this, this guy, go online, check him out. He makes some of the coolest uh, playmats and mouse pads that I have ever seen yeah this guy just uses like the prismacolor like paint markers and uh just buys white play mats for 10 bucks a pop and just pimps out play mats um 
he does some pretty sick work. Like, um, if you go to TomGarden.com or you go to Custom Playmats by Tom Garden on Facebook, on Facebook. Uh, you can see a lot of his work, and it's definitely evolved. Like, uh, you know, you see, like, some of his older stuff up to his most recent stuff. And the most recent thing I saw was Avenge Vine, and that thing looks sick. I'm down for that weird Alice in Wonderland pacifism thing going on. I don't know what that is, but it's, it's really just a, cool. It's just a tweak on the the, the Robert Bliss pacifism. Right. Um, but, yeah, like, the Avenge Vine one just looks, like, painted. It looks so cool. Oh, man, it's awesome. Um, but, yeah, go check him out. It's, it's really cool. One of our listeners uh, sent us a link uh, to his stuff. He's like, hey, check out this sick play mat my girlfriend got me for... For Christmas. Christmas, I was like, that's, that's actually really Yeah, sick. that's really cool. Um, another thing uh, we wanted to talk about was one of our listeners, um, Sean Patchen, the guy who designed our logo. Um, he actually has a blog, which is really cool. Um, it's kind of along the lines of trade routes from Channel Fireball. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just his quest to make, like, to pimp out his EDH deck. And, but it's like, it, that sounds stupid. Like, it's not just that. It's like, it's just this well-written article about this guy and, like, his his magic game, I guess. And how he goes about training and how he goes about interacting with other players, networking, mm-hmm. and his interactions with his community. Um, and he just does it on the framework of trying to build this EDH deck. Um, and it's, it's actually a really interesting read. Like, when he sent me the link, I was like, oh, I don't play EDH. This seems kind of silly. And then I read it, and I was like, oh, that's... It's actually really cool. It's fascinating is what it is. I, I love reading that thing. But, I, like, I don't know. It, 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 at first I was like, ah, whatever. This is not my thing. I don't, first off, I'm not allowed to trade, so why would I be interested? And <laughs> second off, uh, spell. And second off, I, I don't think I've played an actual game of BDH in my life. But uh, it's it was actually just really interesting to read. I sat down and was like, oh, maybe I'll check it out. And, I don't know, I, I want to see more, more uh, articles go up. Uh, it's called Arkham Asylum. Um, you go to, uh, I think if you just look for Sean Patchen on Facebook, it has a link to it. Um, and I guess what what have we done in Magic this week? Like, other than uh, <laughs> uh, I guess I'll, I'll let Detail tell you what he did in Magic this week. Oh yeah, um, I survived. <laughs> yeah, uh... Gloria Gaynor style. <laughs> okay, so. There was a PTQ this weekend at the Dream Wizards uh, satellite at the Holiday Inn. In and, College Park, um, yeah. We all planned to go, and none of us made it. Well, <laughs> that's not... I. It snowed. A lot. Okay, so Richmond got... I wouldn't say dumped on, but we got a couple inches anyway. What, three inches or so? Yeah. And uh, for this area, that's pretty significant. Well, it's significant because they just weren't ready for well, like they didn't do anything. We truck like they yeah. keep saying they're going to be ready every year. This is the third year in a row we've gotten snow. And did you guys think anybody like the area looked ready at all? No. <laughs> when I when I moved to Richmond, everyone's like, ah, they don't get snow. They get freezing rain. It's all right. Freezing rain is worse. Yeah. Well, they but they they at least knew how to deal with freezing rain. They salted the roads and whatever, and they dealt with that. But snow, like, didn't really deal with that very well. Like when when it snows here, they just kind of just they don't do anything until it stops. Yeah. They're just like, oh, we're just going to let it go. We're going to let it melt, and then we're going to salt it. <laughs> well, no, they're just like, we're just going to let it snow, and when it stops snowing, then we'll go do, we'll go plow the roads. Yeah. It's like, all right, guys, when it snows for, like, on and off 48 hours, you can't do that. No way. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So anyways, DC. Uh, Sunday, the 26th, we're heading out to the PTQ. Uh, I actually got a text message that morning from one of the guys that we're traveling with, and he, he says, hey, are we still going? I was like, hell yeah. Like, I'm, I'm like, I, I'm not letting a little bit of snow stop me from going to PTQ. Yeah. Um, so he's like, sure, cool, be there in 20. Uh, me and two other guys packing my Honda Fit, and uh, we get maybe six miles up the interstate on 95. Uh, it's starting to get a little bit dicey outside, not going to lie. Uh, it's looking like it's the kind it's the kind of weather where uh if you stop moving for too long you're gonna start to have snow like build up on you a little bit <laughs> like uh so to, to the point where like i had to like run my back windshield wiper to get the snow off the back windshield and stuff like that and uh so at some point john tells me you know you should probably be in the center lane uh because the the roads aren't really plowed all that well so the center lanes you like generally the best for the for most well traveled yeah for yeah. travel um, and I was like, okay, that's, that's probably, that's probably good advice. Um, so I'm passing this, this Jeep, uh, in the left-hand lane and I feel his car start to like, uh, not grip the road too well. I'm like, I'm <laughs> like, oh, like, oh, like start to like get, get a little bit not grippy. That's not cool. Um, and John's like, yeah, dude, you should probably move back into the center lane. Uh, so as I move the car back over towards the center lane, the tires get real not grippy, <laughs> and uh, we are probably going about 55, 60, end up spinning out on the interstate. We do a complete 360 across three lanes of Interstate 95, and... Uh, Thank God no one was out. Yeah. And, well, right, so the only person that was on the road with us right there was the Jeep I just passed. I was maybe, I don't know, 20 feet ahead of him. We skid for about, I don't know, probably about 100 yards, um, go off the road into just the luckiest position possible. I'll, I'll put some pictures on Facebook for you guys to see. Um, yeah. the, it, it's seriously some kind of act of God that we were not killed. Mind I'm you, not, across not three kidding. lanes of traffic. I'm not, I'm not kidding. I mean, it, was, uh, it, was, it wasn't traffic wasn't that bad, but it was just like everything that they dodged. Okay, so... <laughs> There's a there's an overpass bridge. Uh, we missed the concrete embankment that that's supported with. We missed the concrete or we missed the the metal guardrail um, by inches uh, with the front of the car. If we had hit that, we would have just flipped and rolled. And uh, we also stopped literally inches from a tree uh, that we would have just completely t-boned with the broad side of the vehicle. Um, we probably ended up I don't know. 20 yards up into the snow behind a guardrail. Um, <laughs> Max like, like to the point where the tow truck got there and didn't know what the hell to do. It was, <laughs> it was an area that they couldn't really like, I, I mean, I went and talked to the state trooper for a little while, um, trying to get a crash report settled. And, um, I don't really know how they got my car out of there, to be honest. I know that we <laughs> shut down a lane of traffic for about an hour uh, so... Which is fine, because you know, there's no cars on the I road. mean, that forced people to slow down. Yeah. <laughs> Which is good. Sure. Um, yeah, it just, like, it, it was, it was real bad, and you know what? I drove my car away. Uh, like, for... <laughs> I, I'm not exactly sure how, but I drove the car away. Um, for as amazing as that is, so... Fuck it, take uh, it. we were, we were honestly sitting there in the car thinking to ourselves, damn, how are we gonna get to this PTQ? That, that was really, that was really one of the first things that Lauren said in the back. He's like, 
well, guys, it'll probably only take us like 20 minutes to get out of here. Let me get to the back of PTQ, right? <laughs> like, Lawrence, are you kidding me? We almost just died. All three of us. Lawrence <laughs> well, is probably pissed. He's like, by the time I get back home, I'm not going to have enough time to drive myself. Well, <laughs> exactly. He's like, I don't, he's like, God, guys, I, we were supposed to win. We were, one of us was supposed to win this thing. And I was like, Lawrence, I don't think you understand. We all won today. Everybody won. We're not dead. <laughs> like, I mean, you don't get any luckier than that. Like uh, you can, you can. I, I was running real good that day. I'm not gonna lie. We got very, very lucky. Pictures on Facebook. Uh, that's all I got for that. Um, uh, I will say, um, tangent on what you just said. Should have won. Uh, Andrew Burke <laughs> top aided this event. Nice. Um, so big props to him. One of our uh, our uh, friend. Of he's the been cast. a guest. Yeah, friend he's been on the guest the the cast a couple times. So props to him. Um, I guess uh, I didn't. I was my my plan was to go to the PTQ. Um, I was up. I live close to where the PTQ is up in Northern Virginia, and I was in Northern Virginia. I was just planning to go to the PTQ from Northern Virginia because it's a lot closer than Richmond. And it started snowing, and my parents convinced me that it was a bad idea. That's so, a lie. You came home because you don't. Your parents say, "Oh, we don't like it when you smoke." You're only a social smoker. And Casby <laughs> said, I'm having a cigarette fit. I can't stand it here anymore. I'm going to drive back to Richmond so I can freaking smoke I wanted car. to drink, too. <laughs> um, so, Sorry. Had to call you out. No, I mean, I, I mean, in all fairness, I mean, my whole goal was to go. Like, the, the reason I took off days to, to stay in Northern Virginia to go to the PTQ. And, um, yeah, it's just it started snowing. I was just like, I don't want to deal with this. So I came home. And I was like, oh, it's not too bad. I'll just catch her out with D-Sale in the morning. And I talked to D-Sale in the morning, and it looked cruddy out. And I was tired. And I was just like, yeah, fuck it. it and was, apparently it's a good thing. It was, yeah. the cl- it was the classic we're on the phone. I'm like, Casby, room for one more. And, and you know, he decided not to get on that not to get on that stairway to hell. <laughs> <laughs> so See, you wouldn't have crashed if I was in the car. Because <laughs> I mean, I'm just lucky like that. You would you would have added a lot of ballast to the vehicle. Exactly. And you probably would have gripped the road a lot better. It's true. It's true. I mean, <laughs> my story is a little less interesting. Uh, I kept. I was like, Diesel, you should drive me. And then Diesel was like, Ah, we're gonna fill up the car here in Richmond. He's like, Casby, you should drive me. And he's like, Ah, I think I'm going home. And I was like, Hey, guy that I play PTQs with every maybe what? twice a year, you should you should drive me for fun. And uh, he's like, Well. Sure. See you at eight thirty in the morning, and then he never showed up. So well, it's funny because I gave you an out. I was like, "Oh, here, call James. He'll pick I you did, up." I did. I did. I did. I did. And then uh, my actually it turns out that my friend wanted to. I, I was I literally I was just chatting about it, and he was like, "That sounds fun. I'd like to go with you." And then he, I'll, I'll meet you here at eight thirty in the morning, and then never showed up. And I was like, so "Wow, Eric to go." I was Eric. Oh, was Eric? <laughs> never mind. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so I ended up playing, um, a time capsule on Sunday because there was no PTQing for me. Um, what'd you do? Uh, it was a win a box. It was $10 and he said as long as eight people showed up, he would have a win a box event for, you know, whatever. And we're like, okay, cool. So I got like three of us to go out there to fill up the eight. In like the, I wasn't planning to. In the to. snow. In the, you're, you're well, like, no, no, no. Oh, by, I can't by, drive to Nova, but no, it's... No, no. And by the afternoon, they had plowed the interstate. Okay. So by 2 o'clock when I was traveling up there, like, there wasn't snow on this highway. It was just cold slush, which was yeah, better than yeah. two feet of snow. Um, two feet. 
<laughs> you played some standard. Yeah, uh, I played some standard, and I I don't even know how this worked out. It was eight rounds of sw- uh, eight rounds. Three, I was like, what? It was an eight man, so it was three rounds of Swiss. I went draw, loss, win. Top eight. Cut to the cut to top four. I made top four, and then I made the finals. And I was just like, I I, I don't know how I ha- how it happened. Like the I don't even pretend to understand some of the numbers sometimes. But I mean, you know, we got to the finals, we split a box, and I was just like, all right, cool. Take nice it. life. <laughs> so you went two one one. No, 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 no. I went one one one. I went one one one. No, no, no. It was two one one on the day. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Congratulations. Nice ten dollar box for two match wins. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it. Uh, I ended up uh, when I got there. Like I saw some of the people, you know, buying cards up for their decks and whatnot. And I can't beat Valakut. Easily. So people were purchasing explorers and... Uh, no, was, they were buying, like, Gaia's Revenges and stuff like that. And I was oh, just like, no. oh, shit. So I put 14 cards in my sideboard against Valakut. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I don't know. <laughs> Once, uh, one of my losses, my loss was to Valakut, and then we played in the top four and I beat him. Um, so... I mean, hey yo, hey Sometimes they don't draw a sitting slime for Leyland of Sanctity. And you're playing the classic blue white Casby control um, that you always do. Yeah, I mean it's blue white, but it's it's weird. It's it's. I, I mean, there's variations of it online. That's just like I'm, I'm running like three tumble magnets and a couple contagion clasps and uh, a weird finisher package. I'm running two frost titans and two sun titans. Um, it's it's weird Casby control. We've been over this every episode. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, 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 think the, I think the listeners understand that you play some weird build of, of fucking garbage. Decks. Like yeah. just, just play planeswalkers and stuff to fill in the gaps. Now I will, I will say that that packing your sideboard just full of cards for a specific matchup is not terrible when you know there's only going to be eight people there. Well, no, no, no. That you aside, can accurately, like, accurately predict what five of the eight decks in the room are going to be. I've been playing my tweaked version of Blue Eye for a while, and I feel like my only dog is Valakut. Yeah, um, I mean that's kind of a bad. Nobody dog. plays mono green Eldrazi anymore. I'm kind of a dog to that too, but not even Tumble Magnet really takes care of Eldrazi pretty well. Um, <laughs> El- um, Emrakul tap. Yeah, exactly. Like it's a sweet dude you got there. Boop. <laughs> um, like, this gives me three. Yeah, but Valakut is just like they just blow up on you. Their late game is just like so boom in your face. Like your late game's pretty solid and consistent, but theirs is just boom. Like so, if you can disrupt it at all. Good to you, but it's it's hard to disrupt sometimes, especially when they're running Sparacidons. God, that guy's so good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember one time I was I was playing by Valica. It wasn't on Sunday, but I was just sitting there like behind two Leyline of Sanctities, and like I got a Luminarch Ascension active, and he's, he's like, just, like Sparacidons. Like, good game, you yep. win. <laughs> yep. But whatever, you know. It, every every deck's got a dog. Nice so. event. So let's talk about uh, the Charles League. Pre-con invitational. <laughs> I don't even know why he calls it invitational. I, I think it, it, it's because knows. he invited a bunch of people. Is that what it is? <laughs> um, it's, it's actually kind of cool. I mean, obviously, it's not sanctioned, but um, basically, it's uh, Tom Caps was running this event. Charles Lee is one of the the locals there, and uh, he had this idea to just have a a tournament that you can play any pre-con. pre-constructed wizards release. 60 cards, right? Any 60 card release deck. Okay. So you can play like Flames of Wrath from Tempest. Um, I mean, you just have to play the card choices. Right. So if you have the cards to put it together, you can pay $5 to enter, or you can just buy whatever 
Rick has like a whole shitload of like old theme decks. Yeah, like he's around. got yeah yeah like he's, he's they're for sale. Like you know they're got so it's a great it's a great way Exodus to clear out the inventory. And yeah. then if you want to build Rat's Nest from Kamigawa because you happen to have a Jitai sitting around, you can and you can yeah. and it should be an interesting event. Uh yeah. Uh, uh, it should be it sounds a little crazy. It sounds uh, a little bit crazy. I'm I'm certainly interested to see what shows up. Maybe maybe I'll come out to this one. You know the thing is, I have no idea what I've, like, I mean, I've been looking online for like the okay, like uh, theme decks because I took a break from Magic for like five years. Apparently, they say that um, the Fire and Lightning deck, the brand new one, yeah, that one's really good. Turns out to be a pretty Bobby's. darn good one. Uh, yeah. Slivers Premium, uh, like it's weird. Like some of the guys at, at the shop have been testing lists. Like they they've gone online and pulled up lists of like. Yep. What they're they testing think for their made-up event. There's exactly. an actual meta. There's an actual <laughs> meta game for this. Thing, so apparently, the wildest part. The Slivers <laughs> Premium deck is really good. The Fire and Lightning deck's pretty good. Do I get um, a sideboard? Do these do these things no, come? No. They come you with have, sideboards. You have to play with. No, they don't. You have to play with the sixty cards that they include. I, I literally have to just say, okay, good game. Shuffle up sixty and present the same thing. Yes, yep. sir. That's why you got to pick a good one. What kind yes, of magic sir. is this? Yes, sir. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, I mean, I I. Can't find all the cards. I really liked the the Flames of Wrath deck from Tempest. It, it just plays four Mog Fanatics and four Kindles and four Lightning Blasts. <laughs> it's just like boom. Seems good. Shit on your face. And it, it's it's weird because it splashes white for disenchants. What? There's there's five planes and four uh, like three disenchants in the deck. And that's it. And that that's the only white in the deck. Sweet. <laughs> nice deck. Uh, we but, needed some filler, so yeah, we splashed basically. a third color. Uh, no, that deck is really good. Back in the day, uh, we like I there was this this mansion in Aquacon that this guy Lance uh, his parents owned, and he would always have tournaments on Sundays there, and it was always like a type two deck, a uh, type two tournament. And one of my friends went in once, and just he didn't have a deck, so he bought Flames of Wrath. Wow! And he made the finals of that tournament, and those wow. tournaments were huge. They had like. 50, 60 people. Like, huge for, like, just, like... No tweaks? Shop. Yeah. No tweaks at all. Um, I think he threw, like, some random 15 cards for a board. Nice. Um, but that being said, he just... He didn't have a deck, so he bought a pre-constructed Flames of Wrath deck. I'm down for that, man. I guess uh, we just uh, made our pick. Yeah, right? So, um... Oh, so can I do my beer review? Yes. You guys ready? Sure. Ready? We're done. This, is, this has got to be the coolest beer that I've seen in, all right. in, in sales French. So, so... so this is this is my beer for the week. I'm I've broken into Santa's private reserve. Uh, <laughs> it's cool. It's a it's a rogue beer. It's a forty style. It's quite big one. So I've just I've just had this the whole show. I'm pretty happy about it. And uh, on the side here it says it's a reddish copper color with a roasty ball flavor and a well ballast spruce finish. But what I don't understand is why there's a picture of a cow and a pig there on is. the beer. It's just random. Stuff. Are there like Slow. are there beer and like? It's, 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 my, it's my beer made out of animal? How do you think Santa got fed? <laughs> he drinks pork-flavored beer. <laughs> okay, so I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and give this one, give this one props because it is. Does it taste like spruce? Uh, as, as per the label. I saw it earlier. Oh man. All right, I don't know how, I don't know how beery this one is. It doesn't have a percent alcohol by volume on it, oh, but it seems, it seems pretty good to me. I'm, I'm feeling a little bit toasty. So, uh, Santa, Santa, I give your private reserve uh, a, a good ho ho ho. Two thumbs you get, up. You get a ho 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 out of five, out of three hoes. Out of three hoes, you get a ho ho ho. So, Merry Christmas, Santa's private reserve. Uh, so yeah, I guess um, if you guys want to get a hold of us, 
Uh, if you don't know it by now, scrublandpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also reach us on Facebook, uh, Scrubland Podcast. Um, yeah, like. Feel free to vote for us in this mana cast, mana casties thing. Please do. That'd be cool. We'll post up a link. Uh, tell your friends we're so good, we'll make their ears shiz. <laughs> also, I'm still sending out free uh, Scrubland tokens. Send me your mailing address. Hell to, yeah. To email. Uh, I'll get those out for you. I Hopefully the, the U.S. Postal Service will tear got, you a couple of those shreds. I've got a, I've got a couple uh, waiting to get sent out right now. I've got, them, I've got them packaged up. I just haven't sent them yet. So those are coming. Awesome. Cool. I guess uh, that'll do it for us this week. Um, yeah, until we actually start doing, like, I think we're still in the brew session of Extended because it's the new PTQ season. Um, I'm sure once we start testing a lot, we'll have... We're going to have an explosion of new topics in the yeah. next couple weeks. Like, with, with Meriden Bes- Besieged and uh, friggin' uh, the Extended season coming up and all these tournaments that are coming up, we're just going to have so much content. Have you seen Glissa? Yeah! So cool. That girl is... Yeah. Black, green, green, make. Uh, Alright. Well, I don't really want to. I don't really like. Detail hates doing spoilers. That girl's awesome. And she's really hot. Oh, yeah. Art. No, that art is. Uh, it's, uh, no, it's obviously a, a, a legend art, but we all know what it is. Yeah. It's that, that chick with the bleeding no, black tear on they, they have the spoiler of the actual card. Oh, they yeah. Show, they've shown both arcs. They've shown the. It's. it's oh, when I looked at it, it's the, the pre release spoil for if you get the Phyrexian. And it, they also showed the actual art for the set. Very cool. Yeah. So, and both of them look gorgeous. It's really good. Yeah. When does the pre-release happen? Uh, January 29th. That's a long time from now. It's, uh, I, figured it'd be, I figured it'd be sooner than that. Yeah, it's about a month. Uh, uh, yeah. Now's about the time that they're starting to do spoilers because it's about a month away. Cool. Well, it's a Saturday. So we're going to resist all the spoilers and we're going to focus on Extended. Yeah. There's a PTQ in two weeks. Uh, I'm gonna sneak something in there if I see something spicy. <laughs> All right. Well, that being said, I think Glissa might be good in this in this PT in this in extended Maybe. format. Okay. Yeah, it's true. She's really good against the aggro. Deck. I have three PTQs without that card in the format, so not worried about it. Can't wait till I and you will lose everyone after it if you forget about her. <laughs> I just want to get out of here. Format That's defining bold. card. That is bold. I just sir. want to go turn one Thoughtseize, turn two Putrid Leech, turn oh, three Glissa. Oh god, oh, what a curve! What a curve! Fuck your face! Jerking off right now. All right, we're done. We're out of here. Right. I'm out of here. I'm gonna go find out what Glissa does because I don't even know. <laughs> we're done, guys. Thanks for listening. Have uh, a have a have a wonderful New Year's. I'm sure I'm sure that we're gonna. All be hungover as hell. Yeah, we so. are. Agreed. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye, guys.